Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I'm joined by just one of my gaming dads here on a holiday week, Paris Lilly. What is going on, my man? How are you today? I'm good. Holiday is here. Looking forward to spending some time with the family. How about yourself? No doubt, Paris. Uh, you know what? Don't tell Big Mike, but I'm thinking about jumping on a plane at 5 a.m. on Thursday morning and going to surprise him and my little brother for Thanksgiving. So nice. it should be a fun one. But, uh, you know, it's nice because we have a really short week here at Kind of Funny. So instead of recording on a Friday, you and I, we're here on a Tuesday, which is uh, a little bit different because we already had a nice big week last week celebrating Halo and that fun preview you, I, and Gary got to take part in. But now we just put some stuff together and we get to have some fun. And I thought, you know what? Since there's not much news, we can give thanks for an awesome year of a brand new console generation. And of course, to Xbox and the 20 years we've spent just games in general pair. So this episode is going to be a fun one. We're going to give thanks for being gamers and all the things we love in the gaming world. But of course, to kick off, it's Thanksgiving here in the States. So make sure to give thanks to the people you love. Call up your loved ones. Tell them thank you for everything they bring into your life. And Paris, I'm always thankful for you and Gary and the team here at Kind of Funny because we always have a blast talking about video games, sharing the enthusiasm around video games, and just playing games together. And I'm really, really lucky to have this awesome family around me. So thank you, Paris Lily, for always being here and rocking with me. No, no, thank you. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's so funny over the past year of being able to to do XCast, you know, with with you and Gary. Like you said, it's my my two dads or you know whatever the nickname that's come out of it but you know i always look forward to it when when the three of us can get together and i know that doesn't happen every week but when it does it, it's always a great time you know it's it's always just so much fun to be able you know we talk xbox you know we we go way back into the history you know because i'm old of, of gaming and bring up that nostalgia stuff and uh yeah it's it's just been great man so i'm i'm, I'm thankful for both of you thank you paris it's a blast always so Paris, with the holidays upon us, we've asked the question, when you're sick, what games do you play? But now it's the holidays, and, you know, the leaves are turning, autumn is here, winter is soon to be here. What do you like to turn on here in the chilly November nights? What are you normally playing now? <laughs> I'd probably play a Destiny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say, being serious for a second, I would say typically around that around this time of the year there's some big holiday title that's coming out so yeah. that usually yeah. has a lot of my attention um ironically enough this year it, it has been halo infinite 
Um, you know, I've been playing a lot of Far Cry 6. Um, it, it's typically something, one of the bigger titles, something new. I say if I go back to kind of an old faithful thing, like, like I'm saying, it's, it's going to be something like Destiny where I can jump on with my friends and, you know, we go do a raid or whatever, whatever the, the thing is that we do. I, I, I would say when I look back in the 20 years of Xbox, there's definitely been a lot of Halo and Call of Duty in my life around around this time of the year. So uh, some things change and some things still stay the same, apparently. No doubt. You know, every year, Paris, whenever we're celebrating around the big table and we're enjoying Thanksgiving and football comes on, I always get this urge to turn on Madden. And I don't play Madden much anymore. You know, you and I have talked about it, how special that couch competitive nature was when we used to be kids. We used to have our friends on the couch. I don't play much anymore now that i've lost that kind of lifestyle but every year i will turn on madden no matter what and i will jump around and have some fun with my favorite football teams and uh it's always a blast to jump back onto the gridiron it makes you appreciate how far that franchise has come and you know all the different games that we give thanks for like you know nfl 2k you think of nfl fever way back in the day and it's pretty wild to just look at the football world and how far we've come with all those games and franchises but I love getting in some Madden on a Thursday. Yeah, I, I, I can hear that. Definitely hear <laughs> that. And also, big thanks to 343 for stealth dropping and early releasing Halo Infinite Multiplayer because I'm playing a whole lot of that, having a ton of fun with it. And we'll talk about in just a little bit, a new seasonal event Paris has just dropped. So that's going to take a lot of my time up trying to complete those challenges to get that sweet, sweet samurai armor. But we'll tell you all about that in a little bit. Let's jump in to the show and let's give thanks to xbox and all the video games that we love so of course this is the kind of funny x cast we post each and every saturday at 6 a.m west coast best coast time on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and of course on podcast services around the globe don't forget that we are now epic partners which means you can support the kind of funny x cast in a brand new awesome way if you're buying v bucks over in Fortnite or if you're going out and upgrading your Rocket League car with some sweet Rocket League cosmetics or even or even find something off the Epic Game Store on PC, you can use our Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, at checkout. It's no additional cost to you, and it's an awesome way to support us here at Kind of Funny. For the month of November, we'd like to give thanks to our Patreon producers, the incredible community that supports us over on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games like Pranksky. Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Alex J. Sandoval, James Hastings, and Casey Andrews. Of course, this week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by ExpressVPN, Purple Mattress, and Upstart. But myself and the team will tell you all about that later. Let's jump in and give thanks. And you know what I'm thankful for? My guy, Gary Witta, <laughs> joining the show. And I'm so happy he's here because you know what? Having one gaming dad is great having two gaming dads here at the big holiday table to talk about video games and Xbox is even better. Gary Witter, what's going on? Listen, this is the first time I've ever been late for the, for the X cast. Um, if it wasn't for you texting me, I still wouldn't be here. I completely <laughs> forgot. Um, but I have the best possible X cast excuse for being late for this, for this show. I got caught up playing Halo and completely lost oh, track of time. My- there you go. <laughs> Gary Witt, I love that, Gary. Okay, that's a great excuse, and that's a usable excuse, Gary. I like that. What were you playing? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about it. Tell us the experience while you get in and moving. 
It's funny that this is the only place where that where that excuse actually gets you brownie points. Instead, like try that try that any any other job. Oh, sorry, I was too busy playing Halo. Forgot to come into work. That's not going to get you brownie points anywhere else but here. Um, it's good. I tell I tell you where I where I'm I'm really enjoying it. You know, we've been, we've been playing a lot. We played some this morning. We racked, put, put some W's up on the board. The biggest issue that I, I don't even would call it an issue, but it's the thing that I'm most kind of concerned with right now is trying to figure out if i'm happier with the controller or the mouse and the keyboard because mm. you know you've, you've got both options people are, are obviously going down both routes i'm actually kind of splitting it when i'm playing upstairs on the in the living room on the series x i'm playing with a controller here down down here on the pc of course i'm technically typically more comfortable with a mouse and keyboard I'm a, i come from a pc background doom quake unreal tournament all those games i've always played them um, with a um, with a mouse and keyboard, but I'm wondering if it's a good idea to be kind of develop, splitting my my practice like that between between two different skill sets. If I should just like lean into the controller, I can I, I can and have played on the PC with the controller. That's fine. But as someone who used to work on PC gaming magazines and has got PC gaming DNA in my in my blood, I'm like, can I play a PC shooter when I got a mouse and keyboard in front of me, but I'm using a controller? Something about that just feels kind of uh, it's kind of blasphemous to me. I don't know. I, I actually heard you talking about this uh, last week after I had to take off. You were saying it on the second half of the show. And I'm in my head, I was thinking, just stick with one. Yeah. Um, my, okay. my, my, my advice, because actually this is what I've been doing. I, I've been playing the campaign preview with a controller because mm -hmm. it's on the console. But when I come in the office in here, I'm on, on PC for multiplayer. So I've been doing just keyboard and mouse. I feel like for the competitive edge, I don't, I want to get that muscle memory going perfectly, right? For multiplayer. So I just stick to one. So I would just say either just go strictly controller on both or just go strictly mouse and keyboard on one. Well, I sounds... play mostly on the console where I'm on a ah. controller. So I'm thinking maybe I should bring the whatever muscle memory or skill set that I'm developing on the controller, bring that over to the PC. I also just, the thing that I like about playing on a controller, obviously it's it's always going to be slightly less accurate than the kind of precision accuracy yeah. you get with a with a mouse. But what I like about the controller is it's easy me to, easy for me to remember where all the buttons are. All the and and Halo is is a game that has a lot of buttons, right? Shift, uh, sorry, jump, crouch, melee, sprint, uh, you know, use weapons, grapple, all this kind of stuff. There's so many different things, and they and they fit very nicely onto the controller, the triggers, the bumpers the face buttons, the D-pad, I know where everything is. When I come over to the PC and I've got my keybinds, I just, until I kind of figure out where all my keybinds are, I tend to, I, I'm, I'm like popping off grenades when I'm trying to crouch and like, I'm, you know, I'm getting, <laughs> I, I just, the key, it's a little bit harder to remember where things are, you know, mapped out on my, uh, on my keyboard. And I'm still trying to figure out like, what's the optimal kind of, um, you know, custom, you know, customizable. I've tried different keybinds, like what's the best thing, the things that you use the most you want to have on the, you know, the easiest keys to reach on a controller everything's equally easy to reach but when i'm playing on a keyboard certain keys i have to prioritize well i jump a lot or i throw grenades a lot so i want to make sure that's on a key that's easy to reach other things like using a, an item or whatever i can put that somewhere else because i'm not you know i don't have to have it like in a firefight every every two seconds so i'm still figuring it out i don't know yet I, right now i'm still kind of caught between two two stools here with the controller on xbox and the mouse and keyboard on the pc paris i want you to know i've taken your advice Last week, I brought up that I've been jumping on the mouse and keyboard train, and I am happy to report that I was absolutely dog water. I was awful on the mouse <laughs> and keyboard, so I have switched back to the controller, and I've gone positive on my KD. 
Greg Miller even called me and said, yo, what's up? Why are you doing that? I said, Greg, I'm back on the controller. And he said, Mike, you've gone from a Nick Scarpino zero to a Snowbike Mike hero. And I said, thanks, Greg. I'm trying my best to just not be the worst player on the team. And so I'm back on controller. And yeah, Gary, it's interesting. There's so much. And of course, now with the new, you know, ping system as well, another button for you to think about. But it's great to have you, Gary. We're thankful that you're here. And we're really excited to jump into this episode because we're going to give some thanks right now. As you look back on a year of one full year of brand new consoles, a new generation with the PS5, the Xbox Series X, X and S. Now we get to give thanks to an awesome year of new console generations. And of course, the Xbox celebrating 20 years. So I want to go around the table. We're going to do it a couple of times. I want you to tell me something you're thankful for. And I'll kick it off. And I know this is something I think we're all thankful for. And with the new generation of consoles, I'm thankful for faster loading times because, oh boy, boys, I have done a lot of this in my day where I'm scrolling TikTok and Twitter in the middle of my gameplay sessions. And I am so thankful that loading times have been cut down drastically in this new generation of consoles where I don't really look at my phone that often anymore during gameplay. Actually, it's become a habit where I'm not even picking up my phone. And I'm really thankful for that because I think... I was losing a lot of my gaming time and gaming interest with my attention span looking at the phone. So shout out to faster loading times. Yeah, that, that's a big one. I remember when both Sony and Microsoft were trumpeting that as a big part of the, uh, of the next generation, uh, these super fast SSDs. I remember thinking like, that's not very sexy, but it doesn't have to be to be like a big, you know, you, exactly. think, you, you think about like graphics and, you know, stuff that's like very flashy and just like faster loading times doesn't, when you hear about it, it doesn't kind of necessarily catch your attention that much. But when you, I remember, I think it was like Yakuza Like a Dragon was the first game that I played that um, that had it built in. And I was like, oh my God, like, because these loading screens pop up. And, you know, they, it's one of those games that has loading screens with, there's a lot of text on the loading screen to, you know, to, to give you something to read. Remember how, like, before cell phones came along, you'd read the bottle of shampoo on the toilet so you'd have <laughs> something to read while you were doing your business? That's, you know, it's good that those loading screens are like the shampoo bottle, right? It gives you something to read while you're waiting. Now, though, you can't even read the tips because, you know, the screen comes and goes so quickly. It really is a revelation. It was I, I didn't think it was going to be, like, the hottest feature uh, when I first heard about it, but it, I agree with you. I think it's one of the things that I'm, I'm most grateful for even now like after a year of having these consoles when i play a game and the next and you transition to one area to another or you start the game and the, the game initially loads in it pops so fast even a year later i'm like man that's because it was we had so many years of waiting even a year in it still feels pretty fresh i would completely yeah, I yeah. would completely agree with, with that. And along those lines, having the SSD is quick resume as well. Oh, um, de nice. definitely thankful for that. You don't realize how much you you get you get used to it until you don't have it anymore, right? And like, oh, oh, wait, now I got to start the whole thing again. Whereas you're popping, oh, you pick up right where you left off. It's such a handy and clutch thing to be able to have in gaming. That you know, as we move forward, it's just just going to become the standard that you're going to expect with console gaming so definitely thankful for that i like that quick resume still wows me every time paris yeah. it's one of those where i like it because i don't many times go into the tiles and like look at what's in my quick resume bar so it's like i'll just click on what's up and then all of a sudden bang it's quick resumes and i'm like man that is still a nifty feature that i really really love so shout out to that one that's a good one paris gary what do you got for me let me think I'm grateful for the Halo Infinite year-long delay. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I think we're all now reaping the benefits 
<laughs> we talked about this. Um, was it last week? Um, you know how we live in an era now where so many games are shipping too early and in, in, in such a broken state. We're seeing it right now. The, the all the the poor Battlefield fans right now. Everything they're putting up with the twenty forty two. That I, I've been watching some YouTube videos. That game is broken as shit. That game needed probably another six months to a year in the oven. It was not ready to ship, and yet companies like EA still feel like it's okay to ship these games ah we'll fix it later i think with halo though it was so high profile it was so tied to the launch of the next generation it's it's such a standard bearer for microsoft i think phil spencer and everyone at 343 recognized they probably could have shipped something last year but it would not have done them any favors to do so so let's you know let's wait you know a year ago right we were all really bummed i remember when phil was on animal talking the day after they announced it talking about what a bummer it was and we were feeling really down and like is this going to affect is this, is this going to like take you know shave something off the excitement of the launch of the series x like how big a deal is this a year later that's all a distant memory halo is here now the extra year in development obviously helped it uh, for those of us who have been lucky enough to play, you know, the first bit of the campaign, it's too early to judge the whole thing, but, you know, signs are really positive. A lot of the other early impressions out there are very good. Um, and the multiplayer is just killing it. Again, just compare Battlefield to this. Battlefield is broken. It doesn't work. It's got so many issues. It's got so many creative issues as well. But Halo somehow did something that, again, it's weird that we should be thankful for this because it's something we, we really should expect but i'm thankful that they delayed the game for a year and i'm thankful that multiplayer shipped and it functions it works like again that's that's considered like oh my god it, you mean this big multiplayer game online game actually works on day one what what a thrill what a treat again that should be standard but it's so not these days that when a game actually ships on day one and you can get onto the servers and it works and it functions like butter first day as, as halo infinite did it, it seems like a revelation that's a great one, Gary. And you know what? I'm going to have to piggyback off that one, take the easy one. I'm thankful for Phil Spencer and the leadership team. Because Phil Spencer is just one solid dude. I love that he's always open and transparent to talk about some of the harder issues in the game industry. And he also is just a gamer who loves celebrating playing video games and the community and the world that is built around the Xbox and all the other consoles. And he's a snowboarder, which, you know, I love all the snow extreme sports. but you know, when I look at Phil and then we go down the list of Ann Greenberg, you look at Jason Ronald, Sarah Bond, we talk about everybody that's part of that team. It's like, man, I'm thankful for the Xbox team up at that leadership and even down below everybody that's involved from every aspect. This is such a fun and open team that really creates an awesome place to play. So nice one on that, Gary. Yeah, I agree. Phil is, um, look, we're all Xbox fans here. And so, you know, we're allowed to kind of lean into the stuff that we like here. Um, I, the, the impression I get from Phil, I don't know him terribly well, but I know him a little bit. And the impression I get from Phil, he's just like one of the good guys. He's always, he's always up front. He's always, he's always a very straight talker. And, and I think that he, he genuinely gets it. Like at a time when he just recently, just EA and Activision, so many companies were going, we're going to jump on the NFT train. We don't even know what the fucking NFT is, but <laughs> but investors like it when we talk about it so we're going to figure out we're going to put nfts in our games we don't know what that means uh but we're going to do it because you know you guys like hearing about nfts phil spencer came out and said i don't know it still sounds a bit shady to me which is exactly what everyone else was thinking and i think phil often has his finger on the pulse in terms of what like gamers and you know people like us are thinking more so than uh, a lot of other people at his level where i feel like you know you get to that ceo level and you can start to get a little bit um disconnected from what people actually want to hear. Uh, but I feel like Phil's, I, I don't know, I feel like he's just somehow kind of like retained that 
that common touch and it comes across in all of their you know in all of their presentational efforts and it's it's a good thing for sure yeah i mean absolutely i i would agree with both of you of everything that that you've said um i've i've been lucky enough you know to to ha basically have conversations with with everyone you know that that you just mentioned is in the xbox leadership and they all come across very genuine and i think that's to me the most important thing that they genuinely care about gaming and they're they're genuinely trying to improve this product and create a better experience for everyone look obviously it's a business obviously they have a bottom line they have to make money to get all of that but if you look at in between the lines of that Think about what they've done since the launch of, of the Series X and, and you can see the passion and the care that has gone into a lot of a lot of the services that they provided so far with Xbox and obviously, you know, something like Game Pass, you know, you know that they've created. It's enabled so many people you know, subscribe to that service to discover and play games that they normally may not have. You know, you look at what just came out of beta. We've, we've been lucky enough to test out the cloud, the cloud streaming on the console. That's going to allow people even quicker access into to trying out a game before they go through the whole aspect of trying to download it, things like that. Like you said, from a leadership standpoint, with some of the issues, let's just say that we, we've seen out here in the industry recently and, and those being condemned and, you know, and denounced and being vocal about it, not just saying, hey, not my problem and walking away kind of thing. Um, it's, it's been good. I, if, if I would say, if anything, when when I look at Xbox and what I'm thankful for over this past year, when you, when we talk about it from a leadership standpoint, is that I feel like they do have good leadership. I feel like when you take it just from this year, I look beyond into the next three to five years, and and it's going to be pretty exciting to be an Xbox fan because I, I think the arrow is doing nothing but pointing up. And as a gamer, our experience is going to be enhanced, and that's that's all that matters, right? You know, so. It's been good. By the way, I th I think Game Pass is is worthy of its own section here in terms it of is. things of what we're yeah. thankful for. It's still the like, to me it's the currently the best thing about the Xbox. If people would say to me, "Oh, if I would should I get a PlayStation or an Xbox?" Uh, you know, explain to me the reasons why, and I would say Xbox. So Game Pass would be the would be the first thing on the list that I would say because I don't think PlayStation has anything really comparable. And I know it's becoming almost kind of comedic the the degree the the degree to which we we uh, evangelize uh, Game Pass here. But it's not just us; it's all over the industry. People to this day, um, and Game Pass has been around for a while now, are still kind of saying regularly, like, "How the fuck is Game Pass this good?" How did they, how do they get this many games on the service? It's all you know. It's not like a bunch of shovelware. There's really really good games on there. We've talked about it before as a discovery engine. I was just playing over the weekend this little game called XO One that just dropped on Xbox Game Pass. That and I, I turned Mike onto it as well. So here's two people. I just it's, it, it was Rebecca Valentine had posted about what a, a cute little game it is, or Patrick Klepek, someone like that that I follow on Twitter, um, and how it was really really interesting. I thought oh, maybe I'll check it out. I went and, and looked at it. And had it been like, you know, a 15, it's a $15 game without Game Pass, I might not have dropped the money just, you know, just to check it out because I didn't know very much about it. It was on Game Pass. What the hell? Press the, there's no buy button. There's just an install button. And like 20 minutes later, I was like, oh my God, this has suddenly become like one of my favorite games that I played in the last year. And then that that, that gets paid forward onto Mike because Mike hears me talking about it. He jumps onto Game Pass. It's the install button. He's now uh, enjoying XO1. So again, just that, the magic of, of just of just facilitating discovery and i feel like there's so many games that thanks to game pass i would not have i would not have discovered otherwise yes it's a good value but for me it's it's really about 
again, that, that opportunity to, to discover things that even if it's, you know, not everything's a $60 game, but even $10, $15, I don't necessarily want to take, you know, that risk on something that I might not like. But Game Pass just makes it so easy to try so many things. I think it's, I think it's inviting gamers to kind of broaden their horizons and try, and try different kinds of games they might not otherwise try things out of their comfort zone. Well, I'll give it a try. It's free on Game Pass. Let's give it. And the next thing you know, they've discovered a whole new kind of game that they otherwise would never have discovered or tried out. Completely agree. I mean, like like you said, at this point, we're, we're basically a commercial for it, but I don't think there's any shame in, in saying any of that. So like you said, the discoverability is, is really the, the number one thing that comes out of this, getting people out of their comfort zone, like you said, to, to try different things. Like just top of mind, I think of a game like, rain on your parade never would have played if it wasn't for right game that was Pass. another little gem from this year yeah wind up being you know one of my favorite games of the year at, you know absolutely um you know we're, we're talking about stuff this year but just go back to what they announced during e3 and think about all the stuff that's coming in 2022 and all that's day one in game pass i feel like we're, we're just now getting a taste of the, the quality and the value of games that will be a part of that service with Psychonauts 2, obviously game of the year contender, Forza Horizon 5, another game of the year contender, Halo, knock on wood, we'll see, obviously, when, when the final game comes out. But those are just three quality titles, Flight Simulator, something else that's on there, quality games that are part of that service that have come out in the second half of this year, at least on console and, and Flight Simulator's uh, you know part. But, but the point is, more of those great games are coming. You know, we, we joke all the time about $7.5 billion with Bethesda, but that entire back catalog of Bethesda games got put on Game Pass. There are so, and you know, we talk about it all the time. Dishonored is so underrated, and, and I highly recommend people go back and check out one and two. I tell people to go play, play the Wolfenstein series. They're fantastic. Obviously, all the Fallout games that are on there. You know, we, we know all the Elder Scrolls, like all these things just coming from Bethesda alone kind of gives it so much value not to mention two more bethesda titles coming next year with redfall and then starfield which is going to be huge for them as what as well you know they've obviously made these third-party deals we had mlb the show we had outriders things like that the ea stuff that's on there the, the list just goes on and on but the point is if you're a gamer if you like playing games it's a no-brainer just is whether we're commercial or not hashtag ad whatever you want to say you know i look i may or may not have seen the comments over the past year and people are like ah you guys are freaking commercial well you're damn right we are who cares no because it's, it's, like it's almost one of those old school infomercials you get on tv later yeah. like all this for one low price surely <laughs> yeah. not but that's but that's i mean it really you know we talk about it a bit it, it really is a commercial for itself i i mean i i that's probably the thing in all of gaming that i've been most grateful for and over the past year is the games that I've discovered that I know for a fact I would not have tried were it not for the fact that Game Pass was like, what well, you know, what do you got to lose? Press the install button. Give it a try. Game Pass is dope. Paris, you got one that you're thankful for besides Game Pass? Another one for me? Yeah, I was gonna bring up Game Pass as, as another like one. Game I'm trying Pass to I'm trying one. to think. <laughs> I, I mean, I, honestly, I feel like, you know, we kind of, or from my standpoint anyways, we kind of covered everything I'm thinking. Oh, I have one more. I definitely yeah, have one more. There you go. This, is, this isn't on Game Pass. It actually isn't even a Microsoft game, but uh, it was exclusive to Xbox and, uh, just until recently. I'm thankful for Death's Door. Oh, because, yeah, I know you love that <laughs> Death's Door. I know you love it. That, that was my favorite game uh, of this year. Um, I adored it so much. I was, I'm thankful we were able to have Acid Nerve on here to talk about it and that again just goes back to all we were just saying even with the the game pass stuff like that to me was was a gem 
that it wasn't a $60 game. You know, it comes from a two man team and it was fantastic. Not every game has to have a hundred million dollar triple A budget. Sometimes the best games are the most simple ones. And, and I think Death Store fits right into that. Highly recommend people go check it out. Um, I believe it, it's still it's 20 everywhere bucks. today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It might be even cheaper now, everywhere. but, yeah. but highly recommend people go check that out. So that is something I'm definitely thankful for because it, it was an experience that I hadn't had in a long time with a game. And I'm very thankful for that. On nice. that note, I've got my two favorite games of the year that I'm going to say I'm thankful for. Give it to me. Um, it takes two. Oh, yes, I love just that one. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yes. And, um, and, 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 a, and a late comer, but it, it, it came in hot. The Artful Escape, also on Game Pass. Yes. Probably, yeah. probably, yeah. probably the, 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 just the most overall incredible experience I've had playing a video game um, in the past year. I've got another interesting one for you that you might not expect, but this, I think this one bears thinking about. I'm grateful just to have an Xbox Series X because oh. they remain very yeah. difficult to find. Even a year later, it's easy to forget. It's like we've got ours, right? We were, ma- were able to get ours, you know, right at launch we all were very fortunate in that regard but i followed twitter i follow wario 64 you know posting you know xbox is up you know at best buy two minutes later oh they're all sold out they remain very hard to get as does the playstation 5 there are a lot of people out there that you know it's ridiculous i haven't seen anything like this since the wii but it's obviously a bigger problem now with the you know, with the um with the silicon manufacturing bottleneck that's happening right now and the supply chain issues i was talking to a friend of mine who's quite senior at one of the big you know game hardware companies i won't say um, who it is, but they were talking about how this the, the supply the supply chain issue that's affecting you know us being a, being able to get consoles on shelves is probably going to go on for at least another year. I say, well, are you telling me that a year from now it's going to be just as hard to find a Series X or a PlayStation Five as it is today? And he said, almost certainly yes. That's really grim. Two years into a console's life life cycle, and you still cannot find them on the shelves. Obviously, it's very specific to the issues that are happening right now with the global supply chain crisis. But for that reason, the fact that obviously they're expensive at the best of times, you know, not everyone can afford to go out and buy a next generation console, even when they're, you know, the 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 supply is there. But for even for people that, that can afford one, they can't get one right now. For that reason, anyone who has a Series X or a PlayStation 5 for that matter. Be grateful for it because a lot of people can't get them. That's a good one, Gary. I got a couple more for you guys. Maybe we'll uh, ignite a little bit with inside of you. But uh, one I really want to bring up is the Ultimate Game Store and that Microsoft Store within the console. It is truly the best experience browsing that. And, you know, I'm a blockbuster kid through and through, right? I grew up where Friday nights meant pizza and we're going to blockbuster. And there is nothing more that I would want to do on a Friday night than run directly into the game section of Blockbuster, be blown away by all the cover art of the N64, the original PlayStation, and flip over the box and see the little pictures of gameplay. And it is so incredible that they made a goal to create the Ultimate Game Store within that Xbox ecosystem. And it feels like that. Every time I truly log on and I jump into that Xbox store, now they have the trailer will play automatically. You can even have it with sound on. You can see the Mm -hmm. deals clear as day and i love everything that they've done to elevate that store from movies and television to games to apps anything even hardware now you can buy consoles and controllers off of the dang thing it is truly an experience to behold and i think it's one of those where it's like i love going onto that storefront i think it's a blast i think it's really cool to flip through all of the different pages and see the different games and have that experience and it makes me feel like a kid again being in that so I'm really thankful for what that team has created over there. I think just in general, you know, we should, one of the things that we take for granted the most these days, 
uh, but which we, which we should take a moment to be thankful for, is just the incredible gamut, smorgasbord of content that's out there. You know, television, movies, games. You go on, you know, the other night I was I was bouncing around between Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, Amazon, and there's just incredible amounts of stuff. I'm old enough to remember when I was excited when they added a fourth TV channel. Uh, in the UK when I was 10 years old. What was four channels now? How am I going to choose between four different four different shows to watch at any given time? Obviously, now you're looking at hundreds and thousands of options. And certainly on the on the video game side, Mike, to, to go back to your um, reference, yeah, many of us are also old enough to remember when you would buy a new video game or you'd rent a game from Blockbuster or whatever. You'd take it home for the weekend, and there's a very good chance that that game sucked. But it wasn't like now, now if we play a game for a game pass or whatever it may be, you grab a game, play it for 20 minutes, add ah, this game sucks. So you, you just jump to something else because there's so many other games to play and it's so easy to find them. Back in the day, there was nothing else. You had to grit your teeth and play a, a sucky yeah, game all weekend because that yeah. was the game you had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one, Gary. Uh, another one that you guys might like, dynamic backgrounds. I'm really, really pleased with what this Xbox team has added to make it personalized in your own, right? I think that was one we talked about a year ago of like coming into a new gener- generation of consoles and everyone wanting a new UI and wanting it to feel fresh and different. And Xbox was like, no, we're going to make it feel the same. So you know that you're part of the ecosystem. We want this to be one all encompassing thing where you don't get lost. You know what you can feel, but I love that this team elevated the dynamic backgrounds and we've gotten a number of them since the launch. You even have an exclusive one. Now, if you get the Xbox 20th anniversary controller, right. And I love, what they did to make each and every person's Xbox feel unique and different from the different blade and tiles colors to the dynamic backgrounds and all like really, really good job on that one. And that's a special one I'm thankful for as well. It's nice to be able to personalize. It's good when you have multiple family members with multiple profiles, because like in in my family, we got me and my wife and my daughter, they all sign in with their own profiles and they have their own, color schemes like when my wife plays she has like a pink color scheme and we it's easy to look at it and go oh you know you know who you're logged in as mm-hmm. my daughter has some kind of wild i can't remember what color it's some wild color scheme and i just have the basic green because i have no imagination but no it's 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 nice to help <laughs> differentiate between different profiles uh and yeah i'm i i um picked up that 20th anniversary um background that came with the controller it's very nice I don't want to go too much longer, but I do have a couple more that I know you guys will smile and enjoy. And of course, talking about controllers, got to give a big shout out to the accessories team, Design Labs, and all the special edition controllers that this team has put out. I mean, we have been blessed this year with a lot of creativity, a lot of fun, and the ability to be unique and be your own. I think, you know, I know we don't like to look at the other side and, you know, tisk tisk, but like on the PlayStation side, I don't have many options on my sweet dual sense over there. And I love what this team has done where they've brought back Design Labs. They've elevated Design Labs in the same year. They've come out with a number of special edition controllers from the Forza one to, yes, right there, Cock Can't yeah. Special Edition <laughs> on your screen. Nothing but great job, Roger, working the ones and twos. Where Cock it's like, cook. you know what? This stuff is great. So to the accessories team for doing that. Yeah, I, I, as, as, you, you, as you know, I've I've um, turned into quite the collector, and I think I've got like 20, <laughs> 20 different controllers now. It's ridiculous. The yeah. one that I really want, but I but I cannot get, and I'm quite envious of you, Mike, is that Master Chief Elite controller. That's a thing of beauty. It really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, I want that one too. Very to pretty. One yeah, that one's really really good. And I mean, the elevation of this series Elite Two controller, right? And doing the you know one of the first and only special edition ones there haven't been many of those ever to uh hit the field out there 
Paris, what controller were you holding up? I saw you grab. Oh, one it's uh, about. yeah. Th this is actually one of my favorite controllers. Ooh. Um, it was it was which one is that for the That's medium? A medium, yeah. Oh, I remember okay, that yeah, one yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a cool one right there. Yeah. That's a nice colorway. But I, I do agree with you. Design Labs, again, the personalization of, of the controllers is such a great thing. Not to mention, you know, we've seen so many different special edition ones as well. Like the Forza Horizon 5 one that came out is, is another one I, I, I really like as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Gary. I'm, I'm, I'm super jealous. You got, you got that Halo Elite because <laughs> I, I definitely wanted to be able to nab one of those. But uh, yeah, it's that that's another thing that they've they've definitely done like you already talked about on the system side but just the hardware side in general being able to give people different personalized options of things to kind of make it their own you know you know what i mean so that's another thing to definitely be thankful for i got a small one but it's a big one yeah. for me and it's related to the controller issue i was i was talking about this as soon as they announced this would be part of the specification for uh, both the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. So this is more of a generic one, but it's certainly true of the Xbox. It's going to sound like a small thing and you're going to laugh, but it means a lot to me. I am so grateful for USB-C on controllers now yeah. that we finally got past the, the, oh my God, micro USB, don't even get me started. When the, when the, when the, when the, when the last micro USB controller uh, cable leaves this house, it will not be a moment too soon. I love USB. So you just plug it in. It, it's just so much faster. Everything's interchangeable now. I always used to have to fiddle and fuck around with the micro USB controllers. I fucking hated them. <laughs> USB C. I'm so, I'm just so glad that we made that leap. That the the, the, the all three consoles now um, support that. And I've I've got a couple of legacy devices sitting around that still use micro USB for charging. I cannot fucking wait to get rid of them. I, I know that was a big one for you, Gary. So it was I'm a glad big that deal. We're, we're moving the way that you want it to be in the technology sense. But with that, let's pause and hear a word from our sponsors for the week, and then we'll return to being a little more thankful and then jump into some more news over here. This episode is brought to you by Purple. There are tons of gimmicks that promise a great night's sleep right now, but it doesn't matter how heavy that weighted blanket is. If you're sleeping on a terrible mattress, your sleep will be terrible. That's why I recommend sleeping on a Purple mattress because only Purple mattresses have the Gel Flex Grid. And if you haven't experienced this, oh boy, do you need to change your life. It's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points and it doesn't retain heat. And I can attest to that. I have the pillow as well and I never even need to flip to the cold side because both sides are always the cold side and it is fantastic. Getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. Get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash kind of funny 10 and use code kind of funny 10 for a limited time. You can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kind of funny 10 code kind of funny 10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more purple.com slash kind of funny 10 promo code kind of funny 10 terms apply next up shout out to express vpn are you using the internet without express vpn if so why that's like checking your baggage at the airport without a lock you think your stuff is private but you never know who's going through your underwear and that's nasty when you go online without a vpn your isp can see all your internet activity and they can legally sell to people who use your data to target you but expressvpn encrypts and anonymizes your data so your isp can't see your activity it's super easy to use literally you just click one button plus it works on all kinds of devices your laptop your phone but also things like your router and it can protect any 
anyone on your network. I use ExpressVPN. I love ExpressVPN. I know that my internet is safe, and honestly, that makes me feel a lot better day to day. Secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash kind of funny today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash kind of funny, and you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com slash kinda funny. And finally, shout out to Upstart. What would you do if you didn't have high interest loans or credit card debt? Upstart can help you get out from under your debt and start living your life again. Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan all online. Upstart looks at more than just your credit score at your current employment and credit history to find your smarter loan rates. You can even check your rate in just five minutes for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. One of my really good friends had debt in a whole bunch of different places and was able to use Upstart to consolidate in one place, just make it a lot simpler. And now he's debt free. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash kind of funny. That's upstart.com slash kind of funny. Don't forget to use this link to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and other information provided in your loan application. Upstart.com slash kind of funny. All right, everybody, welcome back. I just got a couple more for you, too, and then we'll keep it moving here on the show. But I am thankful for the year we had. You know, Paris and Gary, I think a lot of people sometimes would come out of the year and we're like, man, that was a bad year of games. Or, oh, there wasn't enough games. I think we had a really great year of games. No matter where you played, no matter what you play on, there was some really awesome stuff. But over on the Xbox side, I look over, look over at it and I see Flight Simulator on console, Psychonauts 2, Age of Empires 4, Forza, we're about to get into Halo, right? You look at Deathloop on the other side, Ratchet and Clank, Returnal. You look at a new Pokemon dropping right now. You look at so many things, and it's like, man, even just the big titles and then everything between even lower on that, I am thankful for a great year of gaming and another awesome time to try to juggle and balance so many games to the point where I just can't do it anymore, and I'm having so much fun with all of that. I do think 2021 was a really good year for games. I don't know if, if in recent history we've ever had, it'd be an interesting t- t- topic to have. Like in the last 20 years, was there ever a year or years where you would look back and go, that year kind of sucked for games. Like that that year, not really many great games came out. There's always at least a handful of great yeah. games. Some mm-hmm. years more than others. I don't know if there's like one year we would look at, oh yeah, that year kind of sucks for games. But 2021, I mean, just you know, listing uh, just the ones that you mentioned there, Mike, and I can think of many others, um, including a lot of indies that often get forgotten about. I, I think this was actually a particularly good year for games. There was a lot of amazing stuff. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. Definitely was a really great year for games. And I think to to your point, Gary, I think this was a very strong year for for smaller titles, indie titles as well. And hopefully they don't all get lost in the shuffle because I, I think there's some gems in there that people definitely need to check out and go play. But being, you know, in, in the middle of a pandemic and to see these teams still be able to put these type of games out at, at this quality. Um, you know, is a credit to to everybody in, involved. And like, it's so funny. I look at the game of the year list uh, for the game awards and n- none of those, those entries are wrong, but I could probably think of five or six other titles that also deserve to be there as well. You know what I mean? So that that's a credit to this year and how strong it's been. Yeah. Really cool. All right. My final two, so we can keep it moving more Skyrim y'all. I can never get enough Skyrim Paris and Gary, but of course this also plays into something we'll talk about in a little bit, but Backwards compatibility and what that team with Jason and the squad have done over on Xbox to continue to push forward with Xbox backwards compatibility program and how many titles we have 
it is wild to see FPS boosted titles, auto HDR, how games from 20 years ago that I can think of like Fusion Frenzy, I can play on my console now and even Skyrim, right? Celebrating its 10th anniversary. And I know it is the laughing joke of the industry because it's been on everything and it's been everywhere. But gosh darn it, that's one of the greatest games of all time. And I'm glad that it's everywhere and anywhere that I can play it because I love playing more Skyrim. So I look back on it and backwards compatibility is something really special that I'm thankful for looking back and moving forward with it as well. It's pretty awesome. You know, I never, I never really got in, not to say like I tried it and I couldn't get into it. I just never really tried to play it. I never made an effort to play Skyrim. And I always feel like it's like something I really missed out on because it obviously is one of the biggest games of the past decade. It spawned so many memes, arrow in my knee and all that stuff. Like it's a huge, huge thing. Um, I was actually thinking, I actually installed it uh, because I saw that recently there is there is a, a Series X optimized version of it that they put out recently, plus the, all the anniversary edition content because it has the, the, the 10-year anniversary is going on right now. I actually installed it the other day and then I uninstalled it the next day because like, you know who has the time. Yeah. The last thing I need is another, like, <laughs> like, like, like one of the most notorious time sync games of all time. I don't need it in my life. My Maybe Elder one. Scrolls 6. Elder Scrolls 6 I will play. That's the one you're committing to with me? Okay, Gary. Let, let's start off with Starfield. How about that next year? We'll, be super <laughs> we'll do Starfield together. I'm even, even more interested in that, yeah. yeah. Uh, my final one, of course, it's the cheesy and easy one, but it's 20 years of play with Xbox, and I look back on it all, and what we're going to talk about with the Xbox 20th anniversary and the Xbox Museum Tour, it is wild to think that it's 20 years later, two decades of play, and I have been at the heart of it from 11 years old all the way up to 31 now i have been in the center of everything that xbox playstation nintendo and anywhere else between has been at the forefront of and i am thankful for 20 years of play whether it be solo play with epic adventures and campaigns that i'll never forget to xbox live and psn where i've made friends for a lifetime playing some of these multiplayer games and moments i'll never forget like my good friend i'm going to put him on blast Washburn 135 absolutely getting dunked on in NBA 2K19 <laughs> and never returning to the game because he was so <laughs> embarrassed. And it's like, these are moments that I cherish for a lifetime and how every single night I can jump on a Discord call with all of my friends or my girlfriend and just play games together and feel like I'm with someone around me even when I'm not. So I am thankful for 20 years of play and I'm thankful for the kind of funny family for bringing me onto the team last year. I'm thankful for these two dudes sitting right next to me and all the incredible people we've gotten to meet, whether it be in the in industry, influencers, people I've looked up to. And the one person I always say is my guy, Major Nelson. You know, episode three, Gary, we got to interview Major Nelson and that was a extremely intense moment for me to think that I'm going to have to interview one of my <laughs> idols, my heroes. And this is only episode three of this show. I don't think I'm ready. But, you know, when I look back on 20 years, it is really, really special from all aspects. So I'm thankful for 20 years, you two. Did you try the Xbox Museum yet, Mike? Did you go through the part where it gives you all the statistical snapshots of your Xbox playing career? Because I know I, I, I know Paris did because I saw his tweet. I did it. It's actually really interesting to see the games that you played the most in each individual year. And yeah. Yeah. When, it's really, really, it's really, it's like, oh shit, yeah, of course I played that game a lot. It's really interesting. Well, Gary, let's segue right into that because that's a perfect segue for the next thing we're going to talk about, which is the Xbox Museum. It went live today, museum.xbox.com. You can take an awesome vir virtual tour of all 20 years of Xbox, four generations, even has its own little halo 
Xbox Museum uh, exhibit as well. But it, it's something really, really cool. And I want to talk about you guys' stats. I want to hear everybody out there in the comments section. I want to know what you're thankful for. And of course, I want to hear about your stats because this is something really cool. Unlike years prior where they would give you the year-end wrap-up, this is now a lifetime wrap-up essentially. But really quick before we jump into that, I want to give a big shout out to whoever created this from the Xbox team. When I say it's a virtual museum, I mean it is something truly special to behold. You get a cool virtual avatar. You walk from floor to floor and you get to hear, you know, awesome snippets from clearly what will probably be the power on the story of the Xbox documentary series coming up. But mm -hmm. you get to hear cool video breakouts. You get to read, you get to have fun photo ops as Roger's showing on the screen right now. And I really thought, Paris and Gary, this was very well done and a, a cool hour experience that you could walk around each one of these halls and just kind of get lost in the moments and think back to some of the big moments within Xbox history. Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm actually in, I just pulled the browser up. I'm in, I'm in there right now. And some of the little snapshots are really interesting. I've played 416 different Xbox games nice. over the course of my Very. career. Uh, I'm sure many, I'm sure others have played many more, but that's, that's my number. I have 411 rare achievements. I've earned nice. 1,225 achievements overall. What's this one? Oh, my gamer score throughout the years over here. It's a, it's a really cool, like 3d, you know, environment that you yeah. can uh, navigate. Geometry Wars Retro Evolve was the first game I played ever on the original <laughs> Xbox, according to this. Uh, what else have we got here? Let's see. The date that I first signed into each uh, console and my most game, my most played game uh, each year. It's really interesting. You know, it brings back a lot of memories to look through this stuff. Yeah. Paris, I want to go to you because Gary brought up a couple of those fun memories. What were some of the stats that stuck out to you? Maybe a first game, a most played game. Were there anything that kind of wowed you or what were some of the special moments? Yeah, there there, there was a couple of that that kind of wowed me. Uh, for, first and foremost, my most played game, and, and no one would ever guess this, it's Plants vs. Zombies. Why and, not, and, though? And, no, I totally and, get that. Well, well, because, you know, I'm playing Halo and all this I other guess, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, but the reason being is, my kids used to play on my my gamer tag before they had their own and i just i know my daughter played a lot of plants versus zombies so i'm i'm pretty sure that's why that came up being number one um it, it was also interesting to see like the very first game i i, I played on the 360 was nba 2k6 uh because that's i was at the zero hour um for, for the launch of that so i always thought it was perfect dark but i, I actually was nba 2k6 uh, what was another stat? Like a uh, number of games I've played. I remember the number. I think it was like 368, something like that, that, that I've played on, on Xbox. Um, a, a, another head scratcher to me, because I don't know what was going on. But the first time I logged onto an Xbox One was on Halloween. <laughs> before launch, I don't know what was going on happening that I had access to an Xbox One on Halloween. But apparently that's the first time. I logged in and actually played one. Um, but yeah, it, it was really cool to go go back down memory lane. Oh, the other cool one was because I was in the Xbox Live beta back in 02. So the first time I actually logged into live was August 24th of uh, 2002, uh, you know, to beta test. And I remember, what, what was that game? Revolt and whacked oh, yeah. <laughs> and some of the other stuff back then that you played during that beta phase but uh yeah it's it's crazy that it's been 20 years and just just all the different memories and everything that that have happened but um here we are 
Just a quick technical note, because I looked I looked in on this earlier today on my Safari browser on Mac and then on Chrome just now, and it was the performance of walking around the 3D museum was very stuttery. I just loaded it up in Microsoft's Edge browser, you know, which is their own browser for PC, and it runs like butter. So anyone out there on the PC, if you want to, if you want to optimize it for their own browser, if you want to go check out the museum, I recommend. I know there's no other reason why you would necessarily use it, but uh, but fire up the the Microsoft Edge browser if you want to have the best experience in the museum. It's got here my most played game of each year, and it does bring back some memories. 2017, my most played game, and this was a great game, Lego City Undercover. I played the shit out of that game. That was a really Uh fun game. 2018 was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That's my wife. She's got like 400 hours in that game. 2019 and 2020 are both my kids, Sims 4 and Minecraft. She's got a ton of hours in that game. And 2021, of course, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Nice, scary. Yeah, it it is really special to look at the time capsule and instead of just one year, look back on a lifetime of gaming, which I really, really love. And I'm very similar to Paris. My first ever Xbox 360 title was NBA Live 06, the demo. So I was on the opposite side with Live still before I jumped into 2K. My first title ever on the Xbox One, Battlefield 4, and on the Series X and S was Yakuza Like a Dragon, which was really, really special. And yeah, I really encourage people to go take a walk through this museum, this virtual museum, and take a look at some of the exhibits here, right? These are some of the things that I highlighted that you definitely want to check out, of course, There's stories of the original Xbox with Seamus Blackley and co. Of course, he was on the X-Cast just a couple of weeks ago. A really cool one is they show original concept designs for the original dashboard called Blur and Frog, which will blow your mind at how different they look back then. Uh, Talking about how Xbox Live launched a year later after the original console in 2002. Then they brought up the Xbox Live Arcade and how that was the beginning of selling digital content and how they pushed for create smaller experiences because people's internet aren't good enough to download these big files. And then how fast that snowball built to, oh, here's the size. Okay, here's the new size. Here's a bigger size. And keeping it going to another one, Paris, you might remember here because I know you keep an eye on all these launches. The Xbox 360 launch or the live reveal with MTV and Elijah Wood is yes. something that is, that is a time capsule you might want to see because that's a funny one there. Uh, of course, a cool one that you might not know, Xbox 360 and the naming behind that, uh, it was meant for the gamer to be placed at the center with the choice to go any which way in their gaming world and entertainment world, which was really cool. And also to avoid the Xbox 2 naming, which would then go up against the PS3 and they didn't want, right. th- want people to think, oh, it's a weaker console because it just has the 2 instead of the 3. Really cool. It showed off the 360 air with the avatars. Uh, Did you know that Games with Gold launched July 2013? It's wild to think of how long that has been. But also, man, I felt like that's been with me forever. So really incredible with July 2013. Shout out to a good friend of the show, Stallion83, who set a Guinness World Book of Records for the biggest gamer score. So shout out to uh, our good friend over there, Stallion. And Game Pass launching 2017. You know, Paris and Gary have touched on how great Game Pass is. And it's wild to think of, like, that happened four years ago. Like, the the vision of where we would be now is wild to see when we first signed up for that. And now where we are, really, really special. So please go on over. That's museum.xbox.com. It's a really, really cool experience. It's well worth 30 minutes to an hour of your time. And then at the end, you could type in your Xbox Live gamer tag. 
you can type in your information and get to see a really cool capsule of everything that you've ever done in the Xbox ecosystem, which is really, really special. Guys, we got some more fun news to get going on before we head out for the holidays. And a cool one that Paris brought up before, cloud gaming has now arrived on console. We've tried this in the alpha skip ahead rings before being invited into the early beta. But now Xbox Cloud Gaming is now on the consoles for both Xbox Series X and S and on Xbox One. Subscribers to Game Pass Ultimate can now stream games from the Game Pass library. Xbox One gamers will now have the opportunity to play true next-gen experiences thanks to cloud gaming, like the medium that Paris brought up. You know, uh, a lot of people don't remember that the medium was uh, true next-gen. Of course, you will look for the cloud icon on any of the games inside of Game Pass, and you can jump right in. And Flight Sim is coming in 2022. So a cool one there, guys, to see uh, Game Cloud now coming to consoles. Agreed. Keeping it rolling on the news here. Okay, guys, I got a question for you. Let's have some fun ones. Do you want a very fun and hype story, or do we want to get a little sad right now? A little sad, maybe. Hype, oh, fun. No. Holiday. Let's keep it yeah, hype and fun with the holiday. Then, Gary, we talked about it last week or a couple weeks ago, or maybe even me in Paris. But guess what? We have Forza hitting 10 million players right now. A tweet from Forza that says, Thank you to more than 10 million Forza Horizon 5 fans for the biggest first week in Xbox history and Xbox Game Pass ever. GG. Now, this was one we talked about Phil Spencer congratulating the team for the biggest launch day ever. Now, a week later, 10 million players jumping in to Forza Horizon 5 and getting to travel all across Mexico in this wild, incredible open-world driving game. What do you guys think? 10 million? Game Pass is really going to be the big driver for that? Big congratulations to the team at Playground Games. Yeah, I mean, huge congrats to them. And, you know, clearly Game Pass is playing some part in it, but we did see even before the game was quote unquote officially out when you could get it on Game Pass, it was it was selling very well. So I, I would be curious to see what what the numbers do look like for that. But but getting 10 million players is is very impressive. And that just goes back to the quality of the game. It's, it's a great game. So so, you know, the more people that get to play, the better. Great game. I've actually now can say I've completed every single race in the game as of last week. And now I will move on to the fun PR challenges, which I'm excited about, but still having an absolute blast. Love buying new cars, love customizing the cars. And uh, shout to the best friends who have made some really cool car creations from kind of funny X-Cast cars to the Snowbike Mike Warthog that you can drive around in. So some really, really fun stuff right there that I love. Uh, another cool one that you brought up, Paris, is Benji Sales over on Twitter released last week's top Steam sales charts and Forza Horizon 5 and Halo were both on that, mm -hmm. surprisingly enough, which is very, very cool. Halo, you know, campaign launching on Game Pass, but of course being sold on Steam. I think this is one we've talked about at you and I before, and Gary as well, of like the power of putting your games on Steam and having that extra, you know, outlet for gamers to get a hold of your games, whether they want to subscribe to Game Pass or not, or they just want to flat out buy it. It's clearly a, a market that is definitely growing over there with these Xbox games. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that's another thing to be thankful for with Xbox is the fact that they're bringing games to where the players are by putting them on multiple platforms as well as the cloud. So it's not just about owning a console. You know, you can be on the PC, you can be on your mobile device, you can be on your smart TV, knock on wood, pretty soon, I would imagine. 
but the game play where you want. That's all that matters. They're bringing the games to you. So that's a great thing. All right, guys, final two stories. I'll keep a fun one. It's a nice touching one, but also a goodbye to Xbox backwards compatibility program. They have now maxed it out and they are now done for the time being after the 20th anniversary, they added 70 plus Xbox 360 and original Xbox games to the backwards compatibility library today on both Xbox one and Xbox series X coming from the Xbox wire. They put a really nice end to the blog post. So if you want to go check out all the titles added, what new games you can jump into, but they put a nice little cap at the end. This is the latest and final edition of 70 plus titles to the backwards compatibility program was only possible through the passion and feedback from the community. Your constant requests for specific titles and enhancements encourage the backwards compatibility team to partner with the original creators to preserve thousands of games from over four generations of Xbox. While we continue to stay focused on preserving and enhancing the art form of games, we have reached the limit of our ability to bring new games to the catalog from the past due to licensing, legal, and technical constraints. Thank you for being a part of this journey with us. Guys, we got to talk with Jason and the team and how that really plays a factor of, you know, licensing and the technical aspects of like some of these games just completely break down when you try to bring it into the future right there. But pretty wild to see. And when I looked at the catalog, it's a fun one because like each page goes by like 10, then you can up it to 25, but up to 500. And then all of a sudden there's still two pages. And so we have like 700 plus titles you can get lost in with the backwards compatibility program. And a huge congratulations to that team for being dedicated and staying with it all these years and really preserving the past and allowing us to play it in the future. Really, really special. So some titles I look back on that I want to give a thanks to just added skate Two, Paris and you know, Paris's kids and I, we love to skate. We love to get extreme yeah. skate two and skate three. That's really special to me. So many of the assassins creed titles are in there. And I think that's a gaming franchise that will live on forever. And when you can look back and be like, man, I can play some of these older Assassin's Creed titles and see where it's come from to where it is today. That's a special thing. Of course, I'm a huge Conquer fan, so shout out to Conquer Live and Reloaded. You have the Dead Space trilogy. A special one for all you Xbox Live Arcade fans out there, Doritos Crash Course. I love Doritos no Crash way. Course. That's a special Did one. they really People, add that? Oh, my God. Uh, it, it's it's that's, on there, Roger. That was so the game I used, to, I used to play that when I had no other games. <laughs> it was free, and that and the racing one they had where it was like a shooting racing game. Yeah. Oh, my God, that just made me so happy. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> oh, I love that, Roger. No, that's great. Of course, the Fable titles, Far Cry titles. Uh, and you also have, of course, Fallout with Far Cry, or Fallout New Vegas, which is a special one for me always, and Fusion Frenzy. So, you know, when I look back on it, I'm really, really blessed. Guys, do you have any titles that stick out to you that you'll always appreciate being on the catalog? Yeah, when I go through my, uh, if, 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 if I were to pull up my Xbox right now and show you my currently installed games, I only have one. Uh, backward compatible game on there but you and mike you and i have talked about it many times over the years i'm so grateful it's on there ssx3 uh they did a fantastic job with it i it was one of my most played one of my favorite games from the original xbox along with nhl hits and and nba mm -hmm. street yes. volume two those are those, those are the trifecta for me and i remember I, I got rid of my original xbox long ago and over the years i was like, oh man i still want to go i wish i could go back and play ssx3 i wish there was some way but i'm not gonna go, like go buy an old xbox 
um, and, and hunt down a copy of the game. But there it was. And not only is it there, and it was only five bucks, but they did a beautiful job upscaling it and upresing it as well. So it looks way better. The problem that you often have with these, with, the, with going back to games from two, three generations ago, is you've got a picture in your mind of what that game looked like. You go back and revisit it. It's like, oh, it actually looks like, really? It looked this shitty? I don't remember yeah. it looking this bad. So <laughs> yeah. the upresed version of it is actually also, I'm very grateful for that as well. All right, guys, it's time to get into the holidays, but I have one final story. I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off first. We're going to get a little sad, but then I'm going to put it back on with some fun, okay? I promise you. <laughs> it's Halo news that we need to know about, and all the kind of funny best friends and Xbox fans out there need to know about. And, of course, Big Joe. Big Joe Staten had an interview with Eurogamer and spoke about when we can expect co-op campaign and Forge. And this is a, a little teardrop right here, a little sad one. As it was kind of alluded to earlier on, Paris and Gary, of like people noticed, hey, season one is lasting till May. What's up with that? I thought we were doing three months. Why are we doing six months? Well, Big Joe shed some light on that one and says that Halo Infinite season one will be six months. And so we can expect season two to aim somewhere for May 2022, which, of course, is the target date right now for co-op campaign so that is a big one to circle. And of course, if you're a big fan of creation and having some user-created content with Forge, they're expecting that to be season three, which will likely be sometime in August and September to bring Forge. So uh, a big pushback from what you thought it was. We were hoping mm -hmm. for three months there. I mean, six months is a long time for co-op campaign, but there is something to you know keep an eye on and always be mindful of and joe was very transparent of that uh from the Eurogamer article it reads like this quote yes we are extending season one so our goal still remains what i said before which is to ship co-op campaign with season two and forge with season three but those remain goals those remain targets and we can't commit to any hard dates right now because as we're seeing with this multiplayer beta other things might move up in the priority stack for us if it turns out that our progression system just isn't working the way that we intended. If we need to move some of these bigger rocks sooner, then we as a team will make those decisions and will clearly communicate to our fans why we are doing certain things. End quote. Big transparency there. Way to be open and honest right there. Paris, you know, you and I and Gary, we've gone hands on with the preview program. We've talked about co op campaign and the mist that it feels like. May now, six months away from launch. How do you feel about that? Concerns me um, just that by the time we get to May, is there still going to be enough there? And I'm speaking mm -hmm. multiplayer. Is there still going to be enough there to keep people engaged all the way until May without new content, new things to do, new maps, whatever the case may be? I just wonder. I mean, we'll obviously see how this plays out. But I will say again, if if this is the time that they need, then you take that time and you try and figure it out along the way. We've already seen with the progression system, like he's alluding to, you know, there's going to be things that creep up in this multiplayer that's going to take priority over them getting season two ready, which may delay it further. I mean, we, we will just simply have to see. Um, I'm not so much concerned about Forge personally, but I do want, but having to wait six months for co-op is a lot. It is. Um, now that we've had a taste of campaign, I'm already envisioning wanting to play with my friends. I understood, all right, a few months delay, can deal with that. But now we're stretching out to half a year. That's a lot. So I don't know. We'll see how it plays out over these next few months. But but I'm definitely concerned. Gary, with a, you know, 
you hear Paris's concern right there. We talk about six months. You know, as you look at this, how do you frame this to get the excitement once again to jump back into a campaign you've probably already played or maybe get new players in? Is it a almost quote unquote relaunch with maybe some new campaign content? What is this move got to be? Is it just going to be, hey, co-op campaigns now live, go for it? Or do you think they'll tie something in with like a season two brings a new story for Master Chief or whatever our campaign may be? Do you think they have to do something like that to reinvigorate the audience to want to jump back in six months later? Yeah, I have mixed feelings about it. I guess if you wanted to be really cynical about it and it's not i don't think it's 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 um necessarily that cynical of you to hold but you could you could make the argument that even after a year delay on december 8th halo infinite as great as it as we all know the multiplayer is and as promising as the campaign seems based on the preview that we had you the argument could be made um that it's still shipping even a year later in an unfinished state because that co-op campaign i think everyone assumed um that it would be part of the the launch package so the fact that it's going to be several months away yeah it's 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 a bit of a bummer if i'm trying to if i'm trying to kind of spin it for myself i make myself feel okay about it we're stuck with it so you may as well try and like rationalize it and make yourself feel good about it we'll all enjoy the single player campaign um you know solo when it comes out december 8th and then you know we'll you know once the campaign's done you kind of forget about it maybe you go back and play it on harder difficulty or whatever but you're basically done you move on by the time may rolls around um, it'll may, maybe going back and, and, and re-experiencing it with a crew of four will both will feel like you know a fresh experience again because it's been a while. But no, it's 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 definitely a bummer. I remember when we first heard that it wasn't going to be in the launch package. I was kind of remonstrating about it and wasn't uh, completely thrilled. And then in terms of this, in terms of the battle pass and the length of the season, maybe it does now explain why that why that progress might the battle pass <laughs> seems so incremental. Oh my god! Right, gosh. because yeah. maybe it was maybe that was meant to be three months worth of progress that they had to stretch out to six. So, you know, it's like, my God, it's, it feels really, really slow. I, I think I'm like level um, 12 now or something. I've been playing a lot and, you know, I've got a handful of rewards. But I remember, I, I think I said to you the other day, like I, there was some, I was scrolling through the battle pass because, you know, you can see what's coming up. And I found that there was some helmet visor that looked really good. I was like, oh, man, I'd like to get that. And it said unlocks at level 94. I thought, I'm fucking 80 years old. By the time I get to level ninety four, <laughs> even even with six months, I don't know if I'm going to be getting to that level. You know, we've we've had our thoughts about the challenge system as well, which I I, I hope they'll continue to refine. But um, yeah, it's it, I think it's the worst news in the world. But again, it's just a little bit of a bummer that even after a year delay, there are still some major components that we're going to have to wait even longer for. Well, let me give you some positive news on the Halo front, and there's two really cool pieces of news, and one that's particularly near and dear to my heart that I can't wait to tell you about but first we got some content on the way and Paris you said it so well and I think that's a different deep dive discussion that you and I have had before and could have again of like how do you keep players engaged when's that drop off happen when do you need to drop new content what kind of content does that have to be from playlists to new maps to new experiences well of course we are hitting our first limited time content drop right now it's the fracture event so if you want that sweet sweet samurai spartan outfit this is your time. You have six days starting now, and it's actually going to be three separate weeks to earn the 30 tiers. Now, this is a free separate battle pass that automatically kicks on, and it has its own challenge system to it, along with a new mode dropping, which is Fiesta mode, which every Halo fan knows and loves. But the tweet does say events with free content are an integral part of Halo Infinite's multiplayer seasons, 
And with our 20th anniversary event wrapping on Monday, November 22nd, we wanted to look ahead on what's to come. Draw your blades for the fracture arriving next week. And it's just for starters. So we have our first one. It comes with a new game mode playlist you can jump into, which is, of course, uh, multiplayer 4v4 Fiesta. And then on the opposite side, you have a 30-tier battle pass that's totally free that you work towards with its own separate challenges. Paris, does this excite you? Do you do you say, oh, Mike, not the grind again? Or, you know, wh- how do you feel about the added of a battle pass, a separate <laughs> battle pass to this? I like it, but I, I, I will say, let's see what the progression looks like to, to get the good stuff in it. I mean, that, that would really be my only concern coming out of this. But the fact that you have things like this, it's free content, it's something to go chase, it's something to go do to keep you engaged is a good thing. Paris, well, I'm happy to report that me and Gary played it today. We played it this morning, and I have some bad news for you. I really yeah. enjoyed that we jumped into our own playlist with Fiesta, which has its challenges tied to that, right? So it's a whole playlist, and the challenges that are tied to the Samurai Armor are tied to Fiesta. Paris, it was very cool to see those challenges pop up, but then all of a sudden, I didn't have any more challenges for the timed exclusive event, and I had to start using my swap challenges for them, which then I was like, well, why am I using my swap challenges? There should always be one challenge on my challenge board for the limited time event. And uh, I used about six challenge swaps and I didn't get a new challenge swap. So I, I'm worried that I'm not getting a new timed uh, challenge for that. Hopefully that will be remedied throughout yeah, this week so. as this post. But uh, I can say as of 10 a.m. on day one of this, when I did that, I, I lost all challenges for this event, which was not a Wait, good Wait, are you challenge. saying that you already completed all the challenges for the event? No, Gary. So what happened was you and I played X amount of matches. I probably completed five challenges and then it stopped showing me fractured challenges. And so then I started using challenge swaps, Gary, to hopefully get one back in my challenge rotation, right? And I used six in a row and not a single one popped up. But doesn't that, but doesn't that just mean that you've done all the challenges that you need to get that reward for that event? That there's nope. nothing more for you to do. There's still a lot of levels for me to do, Gary. I'm only on level four. I got to get to level. Oh, 30, I see. You know? Okay, well, that's weird. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot, a lot has been said about the challenge system. We talked, you know, we talked on the last show about how I feel like it's kind of antithetical to team play. My my biggest issue, and it's not the game's problem, it's a it's a people problem, is when people aren't playing the objectives. Right? They don't know. They either don't know what yeah. they're doing or they care not to do it. They're just running around shooting people, and they're they're not grabbing the flag. They're not grabbing the fa- the power cells they're not grabbing the um the capture points and you end up losing even though you're trying the best because too many people are running around doing crazy things but i think part of the reason might be some people are just really interested in grabbing those those personal achievements those personal challenges which are not necessarily always compatible with the things you need to do to win a game as a team and you and i we don't like that it's right well our final piece of news around halo and for the podcast is halo infinite esports are back, y'all, in a big way, a massive splash dropping for the first HCSNA qualifier. Of course, this went live on Twitch and on YouTube, and it came down to the grand finals of a best of five between Cloud9 and Optic Gaming. And let me tell you what, it went all five games, and the Twitch chat was insane. There was 50-plus thousand people when I was watching. Benzie Sales put up a great one of, hey, Apparently, it looks like Halo Infinite became the number one game on Twitch during that night with 150 plus K wow. concurrent viewers. And so you got to give a lot of love 
to the HCS for making a big splash on night number one. This wasn't an ultra championship. This was a qualifier with a little bit of money on the line, but it was really cool to see Halo back in a big way from a fan's perspective, to see the teams, the casters, the production. Uh, it felt like something special. So it was really cool to see the HCS back. And I really want everybody to go check that out and have a great time with it because nothing is better than some Halo competitive esports. It's the coolest, y'all. I've been thinking about watching it. I'm kind of scared to, though, as someone who's still, um, you know, I've never really been an esports guy, but back in the day when I used to really be into PUBG, I would watch a lot of PUBG esports because it isn't, if it's a game you're interested in, it's really fascinating to watch it being played at the highest level possible, right? By the top people in the world. Um, but the way that they play, it's often, unrec it's often unrecognizable to the kind of games that you're jumping into, right? They are on a completely different level. So I'm thinking, if I, you tell me, Mike, if I were to watch some of this HCS content, am I going to pick up any tips? Am I, is it going to make me better yes. or is it just going to make, oh, yeah. make me depressed in terms of like, I'm never going to be on the level of these guys. I can't even fucking follow what they're doing. I'm fumbling around with the weapons and getting stuck in corners and doing you know, basic stuff wrong, still trying to get my feet under me. Watching these guys play, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be very impressive, but I, I think it's also going to make me think, oh my God, why bother? I'm never going to be this good. Oh, yeah, you're going to love it. You're going to learn so much. And that's how I've learned a lot of different techniques and different games from the pros, from PUBG to Apex to Warzone and everything in between. It is really fun to see the pros compete at the highest level. And you're going to love this. And the cool one is there's some old school players, Gary, from way back in the day. I'm talking about oh, Fiscola yeah? is out there on the pitch. And that guy, he's old and he's still bringing it, Gary. And it's awesome. There's so hope for us all. Please go check it out. But that will conclude today's kind of funny X-Cast episode. It's a fun one. It's a holiday one. And we're thankful for all the times we get to spend together here on the podcast. And with all of you out there listening and watching on different podcast services on YouTube and on Rooster Teeth. So thank you all so much for the support. Well, thankful for each and every one of you kind of funny best friends. Do me a favor in the comment section down below. Let me know what you're thankful for after an awesome year of new generation gaming. And of course, with Xbox celebrating 20 years or just video games in general. And also let me know. Tell me those stats that you got from the Xbox Museum and if you get to walk the halls of the virtual museum and what you thought about all that. With that, Paris, Gary, I wish nothing but happiness and joy to you and your families. And I hope you guys eat big and be big, all right? We'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody.